All right, you got your camera? You got a bag? You ready to go? Jump on in. We're heading down the road. My name's April, and I'm an award-winning landscape photographer and tour guide. I've been leading small group photo tours for over 20 years. For photographers, non-photographers, and anyone else that just likes to go for a great trip. So welcome to my podcast, Eyes for the Road. All right, thanks for joining me. Hope you all moved your clocks back. It's now November, so the light is changing. You may wanna double check your sunrise and sunset times if you're going out to do some landscape photography. There's a few less hours of daylight if you're in the North American area, (laughs) at least. But I also wanted to talk about meetup.com. It's an excellent tool for photographers. There's a lot of groups. It's free to use. I think of it, it's a little bit different than the old fashioned clubs as such. You don't, you can join many meetups. You can join a meetup in your area. If you're traveling to another place, let's say you're going to Texas and don't know the best places to photograph and you're just gonna be there for a short time. It may be worth uh, signing up for meetup and looking for Houston or whatever part of Texas meetups that you're going to and what your interests are. I've learned a lot of great things about lighting, found new locations all through meetup.com. And in fact, that's how I met our guest today, Jan Lightfoot. She's a landscape photographer. Um, I took a trip to San Francisco this has probably been maybe five, six years ago and wanted someone to show me some unique places, some different places to see the sights of the city at sunset and as the light was going down. So I did a search on meetup.com and found a woman. I was hoping for a woman to take me around the city, show me some places and looked at Jan's portfolio. She has an extensive portfolio. Her group is called Exploring Photography, which appeals to me, and also her motto of less is more. So you can often learn a lot from going out photographing with another photographer on site. So contacting Jan, we went out, we found some amazing places to photograph the city. She showed me some new tips on using my camera. So we will be interviewing her today. And also it is November, December, so it's a great time to take some of your photos and turn them into some gifts. Um, I know it seems early, but December and holiday gift giving time is coming up quickly. But also if you wanna make gifts ahead for the new year, maybe you wanna create some calendars, those are wonderful gifts. Maybe you want to create um, some greeting cards to use throughout next year instead of purchasing cards, make a personal card. So sites like Shutterfly, Mpix, they're all running a lot of deals right now to get your business. And you can oftentimes get 50 prints um, shipped right to your home for a minimal charge. Some of the sites even have free pickup, so you can pick them up locally at a Walgreens or Target. So check the sites for specific deals, whether it's 50% off, free prints. I've gotten some great free pictures and turn them into some beautiful cards which are really memorable and I get a lot of compliments. So some tips there as we go into the last couple months of the year. So not to delay any further, Jan shared some great information. So I'd like to introduce Jan Lightfoot. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for having me, April. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, the, the, by the way, I remember that uh, trip um, to San Francisco, and it was a lot of fun. We were able to uh, photograph some interesting things. Mm-hmm. And, um, great trip. Yeah. So, well, basically, I guess uh, I started really having a, an interest back in the fourth grade, believe it or not. And, um, and I still remember very vividly uh, my experience using a little brownie camera and my classes on a field trip to one of the California missions. And um, I was just having so much fun taking pictures. And, um, and then, you know, back then, of course, you take your film to the drugstore right. and um, wait two weeks. <laughs> nothing, nothing was in color. It was all in black and white. And um, I would be so excited waiting for those pictures to come back. And I think 
you know, the love of photography has stuck with me ever since. And so uh, I think I've been involved in um, photography in, warm, in one form or another um, all of my life. So, um, you know, most recently I've retired and uh, back in 2009. And uh, that allowed me to just delve into digital photography. And I love it. Oh, and that's great. Um, so here I am. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. So, did you always work professionally in photography then? Um, no, no. Um, I I always felt that my photography was sort of my um, it was a love of the art, mm-hmm. and and I didn't really want to become a you know professional I didn't want to do wedding photography and um I really wanted to simply enjoy it have fun with with photography and but like I said I've always um had a uh I, I I've always been involved in photography in one way or another for example I uh, I had my own dark room in high school oh. and um I then transitioned to um, working for the Idaho Statesman in Idaho. Uh, I moved up there, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a, a great experience. And I've also worked in color printing labs. Back then, they were um, you know uh, they were custom, and right. so everything was done pretty manually. Um, and I was also, then I moved back to California and I became a manager of Wentley Cameron Walnut Creek uh, back in the, oh gosh, long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. And, and, um, and so I worked in retail, I've, uh, you know, um, with photography in general, and I worked in color labs. And so, um, you know, I, I learned photography really from the basics, from the, you know, from the very basics when it was simply you set your ISO, your aperture and your um, shutter speed all manually. Mm-hmm. And so those, those kinds of skills have, have stayed with me. And I think over the years, I hope anyway, my photography has improved based on my experience and um, studying things like you know, actually design principles, um, art books, things like that. And, um, and of course with digital, you have to study a lot of, you know, post-processing and those kinds of things. So I think that's what's carried me through and, mm-hmm. um, I still love it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's the point. It's something you can do your entire life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you've done a lot of traveling recently, I understand. So what are a couple of places that you would return to photograph? Oh, gosh. Um, there, there are a couple of places. Um, I've been to Africa twice, and I would definitely go back to Africa if I had the opportunity, opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love photographing nature. Uh, I love landscapes. I, I, I tend to gravitate to those, you know, kinds of images. And, um, and then more recently I was in the Galapagos and that was just, that was fascinating. And I would love to go back to the Galapagos sometime too. Interesting. Yeah, I was on your website and you've been to some amazing places. Um, tell me about China a little bit. China was, um, that was an interesting trip. Um, it was primarily for, uh, I guess, you know, street photography, that kind of thing, and landscape photography. And um, we were there for, I want to say, 17, 16, 17 days. Oh, wow. Um, I... I uh, I found China to be very interesting um, in the sense that it's so different from from any other culture I I, I visited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the everything from the language 
barrier. Usually when you go to a, uh, another country, there are a few people that understand English, but in China, uh, it was really difficult. Even the people in the hotels were, um, it, it was hard to communicate with people. And so that was a bit challenging. Um, but overall, I think the photography um, was beautiful, fascinating. We went to the Yellow Mountains, and I can't remember exactly the names of the towns. I probably won't even be able to pronounce them, but uh, just a fascinating place. Um, and you're above the clouds, and so we were able to, you know, get those shots of the clouds down below us. Um, and of course, there were there's a lot of other um, areas to visit in China that I wish we had been able to go to. But I, you know, you only have so much time, right? And it's such um, a large country. It's so huge. It's so huge that they have some amazing landscapes comparable to what we have here in the states. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, worth looking into. Yeah, and you you got some really interesting street images as well. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you capture yeah. those the street photography? Talk to us a little bit about that because some cultures, you know, it's kind of frowned upon, or you know, right, right. Um, it wasn't actually the street photography wasn't uh, too difficult. We, um, I primarily did most of my street photography in what they called old Shanghai, uh, in Shanghai mm -hmm. and, um, walking through the, the alleys, um, there was so much, so much to, to, um, to see, you know, from chickens to people selling, um, fruits and vegetables and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it was interesting because we, um, I in particular, I would always, I'm, I'm one of those people who I, I like to ask, or in this case, I kind of gestured, right. um, if, would it be possible, you know, can I take your picture? Right. And some people were very accommodating. Um, and then there were a few people that, you know, just didn't want anything to do with you. Um, but I, it was still, it wasn't difficult, you know, that's, uh, it wasn't difficult to, um, to ask people right. or, uh, to ask them if you could take their picture. Were you mainly so, using that, one type of lens when you were, um, primarily, I, I like to shoot with a shorter lens for urban photography. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, just because I like to do, I like to get more of a, a portrait um, kind of look and or step back and get the whole scene in the image. I don't really like photographing with a long telephoto because that that makes yourself kind of too obvious. Right. So, so I think, and it, and it kind of depends on the space you're in. Like I say, these were these were alleyways that were, you know, very, very tight and small, and people had to step aside to let other people through. Oh, wow. So it worked really well to use a medium zoom, mm -hmm. you know, for street photography. Right. And then for the landscape photography, we primarily used, which was, I wasn't really expecting um, that a, a telephoto would make a good landscape um, lens, but it did. And so a lot of the landscapes that we did were actually shot from a distance and, uh, and or above, uh, looking down on something. Mm -hmm. And so the telephoto actually worked really well, uh, 70 to 200 range. Oh, wow. Nice. For, for landscape. And um, there's a lot of terraces, and you know, rice terraces and things like that that um, just make uh, great subjects for that uh, that. 70 to 200 range mm -hmm. so it all depends on the subject right exactly <laughs> so what's on your wish list of places that you'd like to explore there's still some places 
Yeah, then I'd like to um, revisit. I'm I'm going to revisit Alaska uh, next summer, and then uh, one of my places that I'd really like to go is Mongolia. Oh. Um, um, I'd love to shoot the horses and the eagle festivals up there. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, let's see what else. Iceland. Um, I know Iceland is very popular right now, but I it is. <laughs> love to do that. You know, I try to find more out of the way places to photograph. I I don't often want that. You know, that recognizable kind of image. I want to. You know, I want to try to find something, um, maybe, maybe it's the same subject, but, you know, shoot it in a different way, mm-hmm. um, make it my own. And that's one of the things I try to do. Right. So what are a couple of your favorite images and the kind of the story behind them that have kind of stuck with you that. Oh gosh, (laughs) that's, that's, that's a hard one. Um, that's a hard one. Um, hmm. I think there's one image that comes to mind and it's a, uh, it's, it's a simple image really. It's an image of the, um, um, I can't think of the name of it. The, it's a it's a pier down by Morro Bay. Oh, okay. and yeah. I took that picture. It was shot at night, but it was foggy, and um, the the fog sort of absorbed the light from you know the, the lights from the from the town and the, the buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it has this very moody feeling and I didn't use, I didn't capture any obvious lights from the pier itself. Um, and I don't know. I just like it. I just like it. And I, I also think, I like think it's on your website too, isn't it? Cause I just yeah, I clicked it on it. It does. It has a very mist. I mean, you could just write a thousand stories about the picture. It is. It's an yeah, incredible yeah. image. It was, um, like I said, it's a simple photograph. That's kind of what I, I look for um, in an image. I like simple compositions. Um, uh, and, and for me, it's all about the light. And this particular scene had that light that was sort of attracting me to it. And, um, and so that was, that was kind of the result. And there's another black and white image that was actually taken the same night that's still one of my favorite images, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. <clears throat> um, and, of course, I have tons of favorite um, nature images as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to pick just one. It really is. Yeah, I noticed on your website, which I encourage everyone to check out Jan's website, it's janlightfoot.com. She, on her homepage, she actually has black and white images, which, right, right. yeah, I like that. Why, why did you choose to do that? Um, well, again, I, I just recently redesigned the, the website, and um, uh, I've I wanted something very clean and again, sort of simple. And for me, black and white, I love black and white. I even have, I devote one whole gallery to black and white, just, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of different images. Um, but they're black and white. And, um, and I just, I just really like that clean sort of, um, organized yet, yet random look. Um, you know, to this particular, uh, website. Yeah, I do like it. It's just a departure, you know, a lot of landscape photographers, you know, put a color picture on front, but I like how you went with the black, the strong, you know, the, the strong black and white images. Yeah. I think it just kind of makes a statement. And then, um, and then of course you can access all the galleries, um, through the portfolio menu. So, yeah, keep it simple. Keeping it simple. That's what I try to do. 
Yeah, I like it. So I, the other thing you do is you lead a meetup group, which meetup is a big place to, you know, it's a little different than I, I'd say a quote club is. Um, how yeah. Did you, yeah. yeah. So tell us about how you built your meetup group. I mean, you've got over a thousand members and if you go to meetup and search photography, there's just in California, I think there's, there's hundreds. I don't even know how many groups just devoted to photography itself. Oh, I know there's, there little, literally are hundreds. I, um, it's hard to even keep track of them. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> I got involved with Meetup probably back in uh, 2009, the same year that I retired. And um, I actually uh, attended somebody else's Meetup, and I thought, well, this, you know, this could be, this is a good way to meet people and other photographers and that sort of thing. And, and then I, uh, after a little bit more, you know, surfing the net, um, as they used to say back then, I came across a local one here in my area and the person who was running that had 40, I think 48 members. Mm -hmm. And I guess it wasn't working out for this person and they kind of gave it up. And so I thought, well, I can do this. Um, I used to, I used to teach, uh, photography classes back, uh, during my retail days and I thought I could do this. And so I signed up as organizer and, um, and we went gangbusters and we were having, uh, meetups probably twice a month, something like that. And it was just a great way to get to know other photographers and, you know, what their level of interest was and that sort of thing. And, uh, that's how, that's how you and I met. <laughs> right. It is yeah. actually, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, these past, this past year has been really challenging as far as meetups because I've been, I've had so many personal projects, which is good. Right. Um, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to give up the meetup because it's just, you know, I have so many friends in it and, yeah. um, and that would be a shame to, um, you know, to lose that. So, but we do all kinds of, um, all kinds of meetups from, um, I don't do a lot of, you know, modeling and that sort of thing. I'll, you know, but we did have a, a workshop on modeling, um, that was, uh, quite informative for a lot of people and um like you know of course we're into a lot of nature photography and and then street photography just just a whole variety of things i try to make them interesting right you do it's what i try to do so do you think that's what kind of improved the meetup and kind of brought more people to the group yeah yeah um i i've had people comment um, a lot on, you know, I saw this group, this meetup group, and, and you guys do all kinds of things, and it looks like a lot of fun. And, um, and so that makes me, that makes me happy that people are, are seeing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, you know, I, I hope that they get something out of it, too. I mean, it's, it's very social, but, but I'm also there to, to help people learn. And, uh, and I enjoy it. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I, I, it's a good part of what I do. Yeah, it really is. Um, and I noticed you guys do go a lot of different places. You've got some upcoming meetups, even out of state and something uh-huh. lo- local. Right. So you really do. Um, have there been challenges, um, as the meetup has grown to over a thousand people? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the numbers, uh, themselves make it, um, um, sometimes difficult to plan a meetup. There's, uh, what I found is that I have to limit the meetups now to usually it depends on the event, but for example, 40 people and you know, that's, that's a small amount of people out of, uh, 1100, I think. And, um, but logistically it, it becomes very difficult. You know, how, how are people going to get there? Where are they going to park? Um, 
you know, is the, is that place that we're going to, is that location going to allow that many people? Yeah, there? Right. So there's a lot of background stuff that you have to do. Um, and, and I, I empathize with a lot of other uh, organizers who run into this, this problem too, because there, it, it does become a lot of work. And, um, and so that's what's made it more challenging in the last few years. I mean, there was one point where I would have some, you know, some social events here at my home. Oh. And that's become pretty much, I can't even hardly no. do that anymore. Right. Uh, without just selecting a few people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. A few people over because, because it's just, it would just be impossible to accommodate everybody. Right. So. Well, even locations can be that way, too, as you mentioned. Some locations, right, right. you know, you've got a couple of great spots to photograph, but you don't, you have limited parking. So then it becomes the, you know, coordinating all of that. And Right, right. So, yeah, you, there's, and, and of course, the, you know, um, for example, if you were to, if you were to shoot the Golden Gate Bridge, um, it, you have to, anybody who's on the Golden Gate Bridge with a tripod is going to get stopped. <laughs> they're going to get stopped by, by security and they're going to want to know what you're doing and or they're going to ask you to leave. And so those kinds of things have come up before. Mm-hmm. And so you want to, you think of these things, you want to do them, but then you think, hmm, that could be a potential problem. Right. So, but that's, that's kind of the way things are during these, these times. And, um, yeah, a lot of challenges, but it's still, it's, it's fun. I, I try to keep things casual. So. Right. And sometimes you have to charge, helps. I mean, like, a, you know, for a particular place, if you're, you know, if there's admission fees or to get access, um, it hasn't been difficult right. in you know, collecting the money and, you know, the people are SVPing. Cause I hear from other organizers too, that sometimes that gets to be a headache in itself, you know, and kind of takes away a bit from the experience. It does. Um, I haven't had too many, many problems. I think it's probably because I don't charge a lot, you know, I, well, I don't charge for the meetups um, unless it's a third party venue. And then, um, you know, meetups, Meetup's platform is such that in order to RSVP, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. So, so it kind of takes care of that. But then, um, uh, for example, I have a workshop coming up up in Klamath Falls at the Lower Klamath um, National Refuge up there, right. and um, it's I have a limited number of of spots available for that, and Sometimes I'll, I'll get um, a question, uh, my husband wants to come, what do I do, you know, how do I pay for it? And so, you know, they're, they're minor issues, but they do happen. But for the most part, it's not too difficult to collect the money when you, you know, when, when people have to RSVP first. Right. That makes sense. And you've also got, are you still doing the winter in Yosemite meetup that you've got planned? Um, one of my co-organizers is, is handling that particular event. So, um, we're, I, I like, I'm, I'd love to be able to plan more, you know, weekend kinds of, of workshops. So I, I'm looking forward to doing more of that in the future. Mm-hmm. These are the kinds of things I, I'd like to get into a, a little bit more, delve into them. Yeah. It's, it's been, you know, I really enjoyed going out photographing with you in San Francisco. So you'd be a great person to do that. And obviously, you know, with an active group of a thousand photo photographers in your meetup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That helps too. <laughs> so, it does. Yeah. It does. So is there someone you would most like to go photograph with living or dead that if you could go photograph with them, you, you would do that? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah, I, I, well, let me, let me answer that in, in two parts. Yeah. Um, 
the people that I've been fortunate enough to, to have worked with in the past have been people like Richard Burnaby and Ian Plant. Um, Ian Plant, I believe, is now the, the managing editor of um, Outdoor Photographer. And um, I went to Namibia with Ian and Richard, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from wow. him, especially Ian. And his first of all, his enthusiasm is just catching. And second of all, one of the things I did learn from, from Ian um, was how he incorporated the, uh, the nuance in the landscape or the gesture in a, in a nature for, uh, photograph, for example, and how it impacts the, the, the story um, and, and how it, it touches sort of that emotional cord, you know, within, mm-hmm. within us. And so I, I tried to incorporate that nuance. I, tr- I tried to look for it in everything I shoot. Um, and or that that gesture and um, those are the people I've been fortunate enough to photograph with and also uh, I've I've, uh, uh, photographed with Bill Bachman who recently passed away sadly Um, the people or person I should say that I'd I'd love to go photograph with um, one I think would be Michael Fry, and the other one would be Mark Citret. Uh, I I love the style of Mark's photography. It's 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 very I I want to say minimalist. Yeah. But but it's also clean and. Um, it's just beautiful, beautiful work. I, I love his work. He finds the most simple subjects and can make a, a just a totally interesting photograph out of it. And um, I've met Mark before, but I've never had the opportunity to to photograph with him. Maybe one of these days I'll yeah, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> but he was a student of Ansel Adams, and although his style is totally different than Ansel Adams. Um, he, he actually went to Ansel um, one time and he was almost afraid to show him his photography and he finally did. And Ansel was, was quiet for a moment and then he finally said, stick with, with what you're doing. It's great. And so even though it was a totally different style, he was encouraged to continue with it. And, um, and he's one of my favorite photographers. So it was Mark Sitrock, you said. Mark Sitret, C-I-T-R-E-T. I'll have to go look him up. I haven't checked yeah. out his work yet. Interesting. Yeah. Great. Um, San Francisco, we've kind of keep touching back and forth on it, but what are some tips for photographing the iconic Golden Gate Bridge? Because thousands maybe millions of people probably go to san francisco each year to capture you know something about the bridge and you did bring up the fact about the tripods on the bridge so just some tips maybe for photographers um if they're trying to capture it you know is there a good time of day or anything that you could offer for anyone that hasn't photographed it or wants to go back and get an image that you know they can take home and hang on their wall and Right, right. Um, I I would say that um, if if you have the opportunity to um, to photograph the bridge, um, the the most popular angle is um, the the first stop, the first stop on the the road. Um, to the you know to the bridge mm-hmm. and um that it's a stop off to the left and that's mostly where everybody goes and you can get great shots there you have to use a wide angle lens of course um but two things if you're able to be there 
when it's kind of foggy or um, uh, a light mist, that sort of thing. In other words, atmosphere, the, the weather uh, can really enhance an image. Um, and so don't be afraid to, you know, to go up there in the fog. Um, then you will probably want to shoot at that lower level. Otherwise, right. I would say if it's if you don't have any kind of atmosphere, um, you know, try shooting it up higher. Uh, if you follow the road up to, there's a, a few other viewpoints up there. And you can not only um, get the, you know, pretty much the entire bridge, but the, the city as a background. So, um, and it just depends on where you're shooting. But wherever I was, whatever spot I, I chose or ended up at, I would try different things. I would try, um, you know, using a wide angle and uh, with um, as wide of a, a focal length as I could get. Mm-hmm. And I would also possibly put on a medium zoom and zoom in on the bridge and perhaps look at the city through the bridge, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so unfortunately we can't, you know, we don't have access to, you know, crawling up on top of the bridge <laughs> right. and down, you know, but, but, um, um, but yeah, trying different things with different focal lengths. Um, if you have the opportunity to, to shoot when it's a, a bit foggy, those kinds of things, take advantage of it. Um, and of course, if you can do it, uh, in, in the later afternoon, if at all possible, and or during the twilight right. um, hour, the blue hour between right. sunset and full darkness, and um, those you know, you would be, I think, tickled with the images that you could get. Oh yeah, yeah, some great tips. Wonderful. So I hope that kind of helps. Yeah, I think it does. I think those are all good tips. And like I said, San Francisco is going to continue. Hopefully people will be able to go up the road and find some spots to go and, you know, photograph. It can be be pretty crowded. So um, sometimes you just have to be patient and kind of wait, you know, wait it out. Yeah, I think patience is a big factor a lot of times because some photographers it can be overwhelming. You show up at a spot and there are in the case of the bridge, maybe not as many spots to capture it from. And then there's a herd of other (laughs) people trying to photograph too. Right. Right. Just wait it out. I know that's that's what's happening more and more with some of these popular locations. So, you know, kind of think out of the box. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's about that time in the show where I ask, what's in your bag? What, what's in your photography bag? What's in my bag? Um, I, have a, uh, I have a big box that sits at the foot of my bed. And I, I call that my, my staging box. Mm-hmm. And it's got all my lenses and all my gear in it. And depending on what it is I'm going to shoot, I'll pull out you know, what I think I'm going to use and then put that in my camera bag. So, and I have a variety of things, everything from my Canon, uh, I use uh, Canon um, 5D Mark III primarily. Mm-hmm. I have uh, two Canon bodies, actually. I have an infrared, ca- I have two infrared cameras. Oh, wow, um, nice. One with two different infrared filters. I have a mirrorless camera. I have a little Sony, um, which uh, A6000, which works really well um, for street photography. And um, and then a variety of lenses, probably everything I have. Well, let's see. I'm, I have uh, 8 to 15, which is a fisheye, to a 150 to 600. So I think I have just about every focal length. Need. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you've got it. You've got it covered. Do you have a favorite lens that you like to use, or it really depends? Oh gosh, yeah, it it depends. It really depends, and it also depends on um, uh, 
if I'm going internationally, you know, I have to determine, well, how much am I going to carry? What do I want to carry? And so oftentimes, for example, it doesn't make sense to carry that big 150 to 600 around. Right. Um, and so I'll, I'll defer to something a little bit smaller, but maybe just doesn't quite have the reach. Like um, I have the 70 to 300 L lens that I use. And so maybe I'll defer to that. Um, so yeah, it kind of just depends. Uh, but I generally, I love to shoot wide angle. And so I always carry my 16 to 35 mm-hmm. um, uh, with me really wherever I go. Um, and of course, nature photography, you know, then yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to take a longer lens. So are most of your lenses the Canon mount, a Canon brand, or do you have some off-brand lenses as well? Or um, all of my lenses are Canon uh, L lenses, with with one exception, and that is the 150 to 600. It's a Tamron um, G2 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the most recent Tamron, and it's the thing I like about it is that number one, it's affordable. Um, number two is it's very, very sharp. Um, it's, of course, it's never, I don't think it's gonna, it's hard to compare it with a Canon, you know, right. um, oh, yeah. 100 to 400 or 100, what is, uh, 100 to 200, I believe. Um, but it, it still gives me very, very good results. I'm very happy with it. That's great. That's good. It's always good to have lenses that you're, you know, obviously happy with. Otherwise, they do. They kind of stay in the box because you don't want to get rid of a lens, so to speak. But then it's just kind of sitting there collecting, <laughs> collecting right, dust. Right. For your Sony A six thousand, do you have other lenses, or what's the lens you use on that? I have two lenses for that, and I have. Um, I just when I bought the camera, I just I bought it body only. Mm-hmm. And then I added, uh, I added the 55, oh gosh, 55, I can't remember the focal length, 55 to uh, 100 or 110 or something like that. Okay. And then I also purchased, and that's a Sony lens, and then I purchased a Sigma 19 millimeter, which basically has this, it's equivalent to a 28 millimeter wide angle. And those are the only two lenses I, I have for that. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun for doing street photography. Um, I, I, a couple of years ago, I had shoulder surgery and I was planning this trip and I, I couldn't, I couldn't carry my regular Canon gear. And so I used that little Sony, which I could literally use with one hand. Oh my god! It worked out really well, and uh, I I was in Quebec and did a lot of street photography with that, and it was I had a lot of fun. Nice. The rooftops in Quebec are just really fun to take pictures of, and so um, that's what I did. <laughs> well, no, it's good um, to have just a a simple, quick, easy. You know, a lot of people use their cell phones too now. But uh-huh. yeah. Sony, I am hearing a lot more people getting a mirrorless camera just because, you know, they're lighter, they're smaller, they're a bit more compact. And they're unobtrusive. And um, it's, it's easier to, you know, to find those candid shots, for example. Um, but, yeah, the weight is the weight factor. <laughs> As I get older, you know, the weight becomes a factor. And so... Um, I'm not averse to eventually, not now, but, um, you know, we're going to wait and see what happens, but I'm not averse to, uh, switching over one of these days. Right. Did you have the Sony then when you went to China for your street photography or you didn't? No, no, I did not. No, no. So in fact, I, I bought the Sony, uh, when I realized I wasn't going to be able to carry my my gear so I, I quickly started looking for um uh, something that I could carry that was, would be small and lightweight and that's that's what I chose it's a very very nice camera mm-hmm. besides your camera what is one item you always have with you to go photographing 
Um, probably the main um, thing are filters. For example, neutral density filters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have, I have um, uh, different grades of the neutral density depending on what I encounter um, out, you know, if, if I'm shooting with a lot of bite or if it's cloudy or, you know, whatever the, the, the scene requires. And so I always have those with me. Um, the other thing that I think I, two things I always have with me is my tripod and my cable release. Okay. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm using uh, the tripod. Um, those three things, the, the neutral density filters, the tripod and the cable release all sort of go hand in hand. So, uh, those are, are three things I, I make sure I have all the time. Is there a particular tripod that you found? I mean, there's so many, again, there's so many different models. There's so many, what is one that you, that you like, or you use regularly? Because we probably right. already own, we, I know I own several tripods just because you have to almost buy it to try it. <laughs> it's true. And this, in this, um, on, you know, everything's, every, you buy everything online anymore. It's really hard to find a camera store or, and, or to go down and actually try something out before you buy it. Yeah. And, and that's especially difficult with a tripod. Um, I know because I did purchase a new tripod. Uh, about a year and a half ago, and I was not happy with it, and pretty much from the get-go. And so, but I, I tried to, you know, I used it for a while, and then I finally just called the, the manufacturer. I said, you know what, I, this is just ridiculous. I can't use this right. tripod. And um, so I, I continued to look around, and I, of, of course, uh I always talk to other people and get their ideas and their input also. And I ended up with an Enduro. And so far, I really, really like it. Um, I think it's the Enduro um, um, CT or CLT uh, 303. Does it have, what kind of um, releases does it have for the legs? It is threaded. It's the, it's not these, the levers. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my hands, there, and it's only uh, three sections, so it means there's only two um, twist knobs. Right. Whenever I want to extend it, which is really easy to do. Um, it's very, it's very sturdy. Um I can, uh, my, my old tripod, which by the way, I still use, it's a, it's a, it's a Velbon and mm-hmm. that thing was, that thing was great. I just, it stuck with me through thick and thin. I actually use it as a travel tripod still. The Velbon? Um, yeah, because it's, it's so lightweight and it's, it folds up nicely. It'll fit in my suitcase. And so that's, um, what I take. If I, you know, if I know I'm going to need a tripod, but I'm not going to use it all the time, I'll take that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently changed ball heads as well. And um, I, I wanted something lighter than what I originally had. And I looked into Acrotech and I ended up with the Acrotech GP ball head. And um, I, I'm really... I haven't used it that often because I just got it. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm really liking that so far too. Nice. Yeah. There's, I mean, it, it's, again, you, you get something and until you really go out in the field and use it, you can't often make a determination. I know I've got a couple of right, similar right. situations. So thank you for sharing yeah, that information. Yeah. Um, oh, you're welcome. Post-processing. Is that something you do a little bit of post-processing, no post-processing, maybe what kinds of programs you like to use? or Well, I, I'm really strong about post-processing. And, um, um, you know, you can, you can take a great picture, but if it's not processed well, it's 
not, you know, you're not, um, you're not doing it justice. And um, so I believe in having a pretty thorough knowledge on Mm -hmm. post-processing. I use Lightroom and Photoshop primarily. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, you know, Photoshop for years was, was just very intimidating. And even as, as recently as this last year, um, some things have, have clicked and I'm doing a lot more with Photoshop. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm understanding its, its capabilities a lot better. And, and I think, you know, I just stuck with it. I, right. I just stuck with it. And I think with any programs you choose, whether it's Photoshop or on one, um, um, or elements or anything like that, uh, I think it's a good idea to to just stick with that one program and learn it and not try to have, uh, I have friends who have, you know, all this software on their computer and they want to learn all of it, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's just impossible. It's just impossible. Yeah. And, you know, I have a couple of plugins, not a lot, um, but, uh, and I do use them once in a while, but not, not that often. Um, and so, but I, I just can't emphasize enough the importance of, of, you know, taking, taking a class or really kind of delving into post-processing. So, you know, what your, you know, your image is capable of. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like back in the, um, days when, when, um, we shot with film right? and you end up with a, a negative, right? Well, yeah. Um, that negative has to be manipulated in the same way that a digital image has to be manipulated. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's like, um, taking a dark room, you know, taking a a class in photography 50 years ago was learning about how to print in the dark room. And, um, I think it's, I think it's a real important part of, of the whole digital, um, era that we're in. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that information. So recently, and this is, I mean, it's any type of disaster, but recently there were a lot of quite devastating fires in Northern California. And I think it brought to mind, at least in my mind, you know, storage, you know, what do you do with your digital files or, you know, about storage and how, what are your thoughts on that? Or how do you store your images or protect them or, Right, right. Well, unfortunately, I've had firsthand knowledge in um, what not to do. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so, so I I had to pay some big bucks um, one time for recovering images that I inadvertently deleted off my. Uh, I had a network drive at the time. So yeah, I've, I've oh, learned the no. hard way how important it is to have multiple, you know, backups at least. Oh gosh, at least two, but preferably three. Mm-hmm. And so what what I have currently is I have a Synology network drive with um, a mirrored um, drive in it, two drives, two drives. And, okay, yeah. And so all my images are backed up on not just the one, but two. And then I also have an external drive that, well, I, you know, multiple ones, not just, not oh, just of course, one. right. <laughs> but an external drive that has, you know, for example, I'll put, I'll use one external drive to put, you know, the year 2016 on that, for example, mm-hmm. or, you know, years prior to that. And so that copy, um, that copy is, is, I don't have them off site yet, but, um, they're designed to go off site or, you know, I might even make a, a fourth, um, generation, um, copy of that also. Um, but yeah, the, it, the fires recently, cause I, I don't live too far from where the fires we could see smoke coming over oh the hill at, at my house. And it really put that into perspective. You know, what, right, what, right, would, I, yeah. what would I take? What right. would I take? And um, in fact, one night uh, we were, I, I was thinking, you know, we might have to evacuate. So oh, really? 
so it hit home pretty hard. And um, um, obviously, I, you know, it, it really made me think, where am I? You know, I need to do this right away. I need to take these copies and take some off-site where I know that they're safe. Right. They're not gonna. They're not gonna last in a fireproof safe. I don't think. Well, maybe in the case of a house fire, but not in the case of a firestorm like right. they had over the hill. So, because they were moving. I mean, I was away when a lot of this was happening, but um, just you know, on return. I mean, just the, some of the stories I've been hearing. I mean, literally, people were just lucky to get out alive. So, I mean, you're not mm-hmm. even having time to grab say a drive or maybe your gear no, no, so it does bring to mind what would you grab are you going to grab your hard drive or your camera or an image hanging on the wall i mean <laughs> it, right well um my neighbors and i were talking and um everybody decided that they're going to make a list and if something because it put again the perspective um, was hey, this can happen. This mm-hmm. can happen here. Oh, and of so you know, we all decided to make our own list. What you know, the prior because there's things you don't think about. And um, what would you take if you did have the time? Obviously, if you don't have the time, at least from the you know from the photo point of view, all your photos, um, at least you could. You know, if you were prepared, those those images would be off site somewhere, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's it's it's it is a smart thing. It is something that no matter if you live in an area with fires, but Houston had the flooding that happened pretty quickly, or you know whatever like any that. natural yeah. disaster could strike. And I think yes. you do yes. need to think whether you know what what how are you gonna you know, you would want to have some of your images, at least, at least your favorites, because we all know you may never be able to, you may be able to go return to that location, but to be there at that light, what it was like that day is not, it's not going to happen. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, any kind of disaster. Um, and, you know, you hear it a lot, you know, have, you know, have, uh, backup of a backup and then a backup of that and then make sure that you you know have one off site and you're going yeah 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 but yeah I just, when something like this happens and boy it seems to be happening more and more you know more frequently these natural disasters is, is awful but but um, I would say do it just do it I agree I agree 100% yeah so what are some websites or blogs that you visit often, whether they're photography related or art related? Oh gosh. Oh dear. I'm hmm. you know, I don't know that there's one particular one that I, I visit a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top. I do like to look at other people's websites though and um it's it's interesting it helps me to get ideas uh you know for you know maybe locations or maybe it's the type of process that they're using um i there's one there's one um i don't know if people are familiar with uh the i think it's issue and it's sort of, um, they have all kinds of magazines and stuff. Oh, do they? Okay. One, one in particular is, um, well, they, they actually you can find, you can find these um, online magazines almost on, on any subject, but there's a lot of ones on photography in general. And, um, and those are fun to peruse. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I can't, I'm not recalling exactly. There's a, there's a spelling of it and I, it's I S S U U and it's, it's a, um, it's kind of a personal digest Mm -hmm. and, um, 
you can find, like I say, you can go on there and find um, interesting um, magazines on photography, and and the pictures are, are amazing. So oh, that's uh, a good, good one. Inspiration. It's yeah. good inspiration. Yeah, we'll definitely include that. Yeah, I'm always looking for inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> so. Good. Well, we'll include that information along with some of your suggested like tripods, all of that in the show notes, because there's always new places to look, as you said, for inspiration. Right, right, right. And my last... Go ahead. Music can even be an inspiration. So um, you you can hear that uh, very often in, you know, songs that you like to hear over and over again, there's probably that little nuance, you know, that uh, um, that you hear, and that's probably the reason you like it. So that's, I, I, I like to true. compare. Yeah, I like to compare music to photography sometimes because um, it it makes that emotional connection. When you're out photographing, do you sometimes hear a, a song, or do you oh, yeah. hear a oh, song yeah. and then, like you said, a phrase or something kind of inspires you to go? kind of create or look for that maybe imagery very much so in fact i have on my iphone i have a playlist um pretty much dedicated to you know the mood that i want to be in when i'm when i'm out photographing and so you know if we're doing out there doing landscapes um and you know you kind of get in that zone and the music the music just kind of helps you um, focus. It does me anyway. I, no, I don't know, that's, you that's know. very interesting, actually, because it, it can. I think it can kind of put your creative mind into maybe the space it needs to go, which is yeah. away from just what is physically stand, you know, in front of you, so to speak. Right, right. And so, you know, that's another thing that I enjoyed it doing is uh, is listening to, to music while I'm photographing. So do you have like titles for your little collections of say song lists like you mentioned? Um, it's just a playlist you know I, I just you know like photography playlist okay. kind of and then you just put in there you know things that uh, usually it's, it's not for me it's just um you know, it's not hip hop or anything like that. It's it's uh, um, more mellow, mellow music. Right, that's what I would call it. <laughs> Do you like um, music with words as such, with lyrics that you can hear, or more just kind of both? Both. both? Okay. Yeah, both. No, I think it's a good tool, maybe too, to to you know to get people to maybe think out of the box. I think sometimes we get caught in our ruts creatively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think anything like that. Um, um, sometimes you just have to, you know, you can't beat yourself up if you're having uh, a lapse in, in creativity or anything like that, or even interest. Um, and I think we all go through that. And, um, and you just start, uh, you know, looking for different ways uh, enjoying some other things and, and um, you never know, you may come across something that's going to inspire you right back into the, that creative mode. Mm-hmm. No, that's very insightful. I, I like that idea too. It's actually a really good idea. And I'm sure you've used it with some of your meetups as well to kind of throw that out to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my last question, cause we're heading towards the end of the hour. So I don't want to keep uh-huh. you today. If you had, my niece and I, we always talk about superpowers. I guess she's at that age where, where you know, it's yeah. like, what superhero would you be? Or so what superhero would you be? Or what superpower do you wish you possessed and why? Oh, it, has, <laughs> it would have to be, it would have to be Wonder Woman. I mean, you know, kind of sounds like a cliche almost, but I... I I would love to be able to just, you know, keep going. It's like there's just um, 
there's too little time and too much to do, right? Right. And, exactly. And so, and Wonder Woman just has this ability to just keep going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny. But um, yeah, to to be able to um, travel and and get out and be, you know, alone in, in nature and that sort of thing, or with with friends or my husband. Um, those are the kinds of things I want to be able to keep doing. And I want to be able to, um, you know, to hike and, and, uh, do all those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, just, just, I just want to keep going. I don't want to stop. Well, that's great. And, um, <laughs> and I want to have that level of enthusiasm, you know, that, uh, that, that Ian Plant has, for example, I want that to be contagious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hadn't thought of who I would ever be. But <laughs> no. immediately came immediately came to mind. No, that's great, and that is a good that's way great. to end it too, because Wonder Woman and just like you said, to have that enthusiasm and to want to keep going—that's you've just summed it all up and what photography can do for people is really motivate you to keep wanting to wake up each and every day. And that's just wonderful. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) Fun. Well, thank you so much. It was so much fun to chat with you again, Jan. Well, thank you, April. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. So one last thing, um, if people want to visit Jan's website, go ahead and um, shout out your website and your meetup group because meetup is open, you know, if you're traveling up to that area or want to join Jan and her meetup group at some, you know, they're not always in the same location. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my website is, is pretty simple. It's www.janlightfoot.com. Um and the meetup site is um, meetup.com backslash exploring photography. Love it. Exploring photography. That's, that's in so yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I love, yeah, that, that fits our group to a T pretty much. <laughs> and that's fabulous because you're always, you want to be out exploring and seeing new places. So. Right, right. So if anybody is in the North San Francisco Bay Area and wants to join us on on, um, a meetup sometime, yeah, you can always just come as a guest. Shoot me an email. And your email address? Is come fly with me, just like it sounds, Mm -hmm. at sbcglobal.net. Great. Thanks again so much for your time today, Jan. It was a pleasure oh, to speak bet. with you. And I hope to get up and go photographing with you again at some point. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me. I do apologize. The audio was a little scratchy today. I'm really working to find more time to do it more professionally, but I am often doing these phone interviews, literally, as you can hear, by phone on my lunch hours, um, when I can squeeze time that we both can get on a phone call. So if you want to help support this podcast, you can do so by going to my fallphototrips.com page. I'm also on Fine Art America if you'd like to pick up a picture or a note card. And please, the feedback on on iTunes has been wonderful, so I appreciate that as well. And I've started posting some trips for 2018. So thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And I look forward to getting some comments. Take care. Bye.